Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. You want to know what the church needs today? It needs more than a word. It needs an experience with God where we meet God. And yes, we pray. And yes, we seek his face. But we also feel him move, not just around us, but within us. Why this message is so powerful? This message is powerful because it turned doubters into preachers and quitters into church planners and newcomers and new converts, people who had never been around Jesus. It turned them into church builders. It turned people like Thomas into missionaries. The miracle behind the message, it goes deeper than a word we read. It's the lives who are changed by the message. I Praise God, praise God, praise God. We're going to be talking about the church today as a whole. And one thing that I love about the church is that it's always diverse. And when I say that, I don't just mean skin color or ethnicity. I'm thankful for that. But it goes deeper than that. In the church, there are many differences represented from pew to pew, from family to family, from age to spiritual maturity to seasons of life that we're in. Look around. We're all in different phases and and seasons of life. This is a very diverse church. There are many differences represented in the church. And God knew that with all of these differences being represented, that we would need Scripture, one and all of us. That we would need Scripture that would resonate with each of us simultaneously, no matter where we are in life. Are you thankful for the authority and the Word of God? Amen. No matter where we are in life, God can speak to us simultaneously and today I preach a message that will resonate with every soul no matter where you are in life. We're going to be reading from the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 36 through 38. This is directly after the Holy Ghost filled for the first time in the upper room. Acts chapter 2 and beginning with verse 36 it says, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I feel in the place today. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this house. Just reading this passage of Scripture brings power into this place. You can feel it. Just audibly reading it, or maybe even reading it to yourself, you feel the power of God come into the church. And on this Pentecost Sunday, 2019, I preach to you a very fitting message. I want to preach to you this morning under this title. The message that leads to the miracle. Anybody need a miracle in the house today? Anybody ever needed a miracle? Anybody ever needed a breakthrough? Anybody ever needed God to just come in and do something in your life? I want to preach to you today the message that leads to the miracle. At this point in time, we usually pray. 
but I feel like I'm in a praying church. So we're going to skip uh, over some of the norm- normalcy, I guess you could say. We're going to do something a little bit different. Before you're seated, I wish we could just make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We've prayed today, but I wish we could shout with a voice of triumph because we are a church of triumph. your mighty name you may be seated in Jesus name it's good to see all of you I forgot to mention that my wife and children were not able to be with me we spent uh, all this last week on the campground we're going back up there for two consecutive weeks again they needed a day of rest so they're back home in Cambria at our home church and I miss them but I get it you go to that campground for a week with two kids three and under you come back tired okay amen Amen. Now, I'm going to start out by saying something this morning that I'm sure every person here will agree with. I have no doubt about that. If you do indeed agree with what I'm getting ready to say, please, uh, with just a, a hand raise or maybe say amen to let me know you do agree. Life is not a fairy tale. Amen. Life. Is not something that is imagined. Life is not something that is just dreamt up. But rather life is an accumulation of experiences over the years. Amen. Some of these experiences are good. And some of these experiences are bad. Some of the experiences that we share with one another, they are fun. Some of them, not so much. Amen. Some of the experience that life brings, they, they are valuable. And then there are some experiences, some things that we go through, and we just wish we never would have went through that experience or that phase or whatever you want to call it. Life is just full of experiences. Every day, every week, every month, life is full of experiences that are registered in our memory forever. And these experiences, these daily occurrences, they, over time, will ultimately determine who we are. Amen. Experiences, both good and bad, they shape who we are from the earliest stages of life all the way to the moment that we take our last breath on this earth. And I promise you, this is not going to be a downer message. But very quickly, think about that moment. Think about the moment that the Bible says we will all come to unless the rapture takes place first. Think about that moment when the last day of our lives will be lived, when we take our last breath on this earth. When that day comes, we do not reflect on dreams we had. We do not reflect on the things we thought of. We do not reflect on wishes that we had over the years. But whether we reflect on the experiences that life brought our way. Amen. God, in his omniscient nature, God, in his all-knowing nature, God is our creator. He knew that as human beings, we were going to need experiences to make our life what he intended for it to be. 
And you see, the church is no different in this aspect. It is no different than an individual. The church was and still is built off of experiences. The church is not built off of fairy tales. The church is not built off of dreams. And dreams do play a part. Vision does play a part. But it takes more than a wish to build a church. It takes more than a dream or a story to build a church. The church is built off of experiences that have gotten us here today. And today's scripture is a perfect example of that. We can focus just on one verse that we read. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. I had to preach it today. It doesn't get any better than Acts chapter 2 or Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 is not something that the apostles just came up with on their own. Amen? Acts 2.38 was not an invention stemming from the heart of a man. And it is not today an innovation that simply sounds good to the human ear. But rather it is a result of many experiences and events. These experiences led to the most powerful moment in the history of the church. Looking at the upper room and and those who had been there for a while. They had been in a prayer meeting before the Holy Ghost fell. But they didn't think of this message of salvation while they were praying. They didn't think of this in a prayer meeting. Some of these people, these individuals who had followed Jesus for four years. They were in the upper room. And in that time, in that four years that they followed him in his ministry, he had preached about repentance and forgiveness. He had preached about the baptism in his name. And he had preached about the baptism of the Spirit. But while he placed great importance on all of these things, he never told them that when they put them together, that it would lead to the day of Pentecost. Those words never came out of his mouth. He never told them specifically about the miraculous experience that they would each receive. Because you see, have you ever heard this? Actions speak louder than words. And experiences speak louder than words. I'm going somewhere with this. Just bear with me for a moment. It was the action that Jesus Christ took during his time on earth that would solidify the message of Acts 2.38 salvation. Jesus didn't just preach about repentance and he didn't just tell people that their flesh was going to have to die. Peter said that Christ suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the spirit. Jesus went on and he didn't just talk about baptism and tell people that their sins would have to be buried. John 19 tells us that they took the body of Jesus Christ, wound it in linen clothes and buried it in a tomb where no man had ever laid and then just as the Bible talks about newness of life from the spirit of God Jesus Christ was raised back to life after three days and the body that used to be dead was more powerful than what it had ever been before the body that used to be buried rose in power He talked about all of these things, but then he also experienced all of these things. So I'll say this again, church. Actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words in life. Actions speak louder than words in the church. And even in the life of Christ, actions speak louder than words. Amen. Jesus Christ in his deity and in his omniscience, he knew 
that we needed more than words. And his experience gave us the message that leads to the miracle. The foundation that I lay today is simply an explanation of the example Jesus gave us through his experience. Today, I'm thankful and I'm glad to preach that we can experience the death of our flesh because he experienced the death of the flesh. Paul said, I die daily, meaning the flesh must die. Repentance worked for Paul and it still works today. God's word tells us that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins for that today but God didn't stop there Jesus was buried so that our sins could be buried Romans 6 and 4 tells us that we not just Jesus being buried but we are buried with him by baptism into death and then Paul summed all of this up by saying in the book of Romans but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in are you thankful today for the death and the burial and the resurrection it gives newness of life it gives new purpose it gives opportunity it's an open door hallelujah and it was the text that we began with tonight Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 that introduced all of these things coming together to form a message of the Pentecostal experience you see they could preach it because they had experienced it In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, when the Holy Ghost fell for the first time, their message that they would preach just 35 verses of Scripture later was solidified, not through a dream, not through a fairy tale, but through an experience with God. You want to know what the church needs today? It needs more than a word. It needs an experience with God where we meet God. And yes, we pray. And yes, we seek His face. But we also feel Him move, not just around us, but within us we need a revival of the death and the burial and the resurrection not just of Christ but of us I don't know about you but I've got to kill my flesh I've got to bury my flesh so that I can walk in the power of the Holy Ghost I came to preach to somebody today that book of Acts revival is still real and this message is alive and well. I came to preach today that repentance still works because God does forgive and God does redeem. I came to preach today that Jesus name baptism still works. The name of Jesus is still the saving name and sin still get buried in it. And I came to preach That the Holy Ghost will give you a new life that you never dreamt possible. It's much more than just a word. And I'm thankful for the word itself. This is a message that leads to a miracle. Let me just tell the church today what this message can do. This message can take a druggie and turn him into a disciple. This message can take somebody who's depressed and give them joy. This message can take somebody who's broken and make them whole again. This message can take a broken home and make a family out of it. This message can take someone who's empty and make them full of the glory of God it's the message that leads to the miracle and it's alive and well today it's in this house it's in this place it's in this community it's in this building it's the message that leads to a miracle praise God now 
I'm a big fan of questions in my ministry. And I, I think that's a rarity today. Because sometimes the questions we receive as the church can be difficult to answer. In this day and age, don't answer this, but how many times has somebody asked you a question about your church and you just freeze? Hello. It was a question that introduced this message. What shall we do? I'm thankful that Peter didn't freeze, first of all. But we must also ask ourselves a question today. What is the miracle? What exactly is the miracle that takes place? You see, this goes deeper than just one sentence or, or one message that we can preach even. It goes deeper than that. There's more than one answer to this question, and I don't mean to get complicated today. But there is more than one miracle that we find in the book of Acts chapter 2. There is more than one miracle within this message of Acts 2.38. First of all, there's salvation. That's a miracle. We're not born saved. We're born needing salvation. That's the first miracle. That's the most notable miracle. Speaking in tongues. Somebody asked me a question, and I don't want to say that I froze up, but they were asking me about tongues. And a young man in our church, a young minister, he's a brilliant mind. He said, well, speaking in tongues is a miracle. You're not born knowing multiple languages. And he said it so matter-of-factly, I was like, Man's got a point, you know. That's a miracle. Don't take it lightly when somebody begins to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. That's the gifts of the Spirit in operation. That's a miracle on an almost weekly basis, and we just look at it like nothing's going on. I don't know about you, but I want to take every move of God serious. I I don't care how long I've been around it. I I don't care how often I've seen it. I, I don't care... It's a move of the Holy Ghost. It's a miracle. It's God operating through us. It's us putting our flesh in subjection to the Spirit of God. It's a miracle. We pray, God, send us miracles. God, send us miracles. God, send us miracles. He says, okay. He sends a miracle. And we don't even notice it. When we walk into this place, it's a miracle. Praise God. That's another miracle. There are many miracles within the Pentecostal experience. But I will tell you what resonates with me the most. I will tell you what I think of when I hear this message. I know that salvation is is the most vital part of this message. And I know that speaking in tongues is truly a miracle. But to me, what I focus on, and maybe this is just how I'm wired... I think of the fact, though, when I read this scripture, when I read through the book of Acts as a whole, I think of the fact that the very same people who experienced it and the very same people who preached it for the very first time were the same people who had forsaken Christ on the cross just a couple months before. I think of the fact that they were the same people who had doubted him after the resurrection. You study who exactly was in the upper room and it gets kind of vague. And we only know a few names specifically. But study has led me to find out that many of them in the upper room, or at least a few of them, had been Pharisees. And it was the Pharisees who had accused Jesus, of all people, of having a demon in him. 
They had recently accused God manifest in the flesh of having a demon in him. And now they are receiving him within themselves in the upper room. I think of the fact that many of these people in the upper room had never even laid eyes on Jesus, but they followed the disciples there. You see, church, to me, the greatest miracle is not just speaking in tongues, and that's powerful. It's not just salvation, and that's powerful. It's the vessels who God chose to operate through. You see, it's the people that were involved in this message that were the greatest miracle. It's the people who received it and shared it and experienced it. You want to know why? this message is so powerful this message is powerful because it turned doubters into preachers and quitters into church planters and newcomers and new converts people who had never been around Jesus it turned them into church builders it turned people like Thomas into missionary the miracle behind the message it goes deeper than a word we read it's the lives who are changed by the message I am the miracle you are the miracle we are the miracle and can I preach to somebody today that the miracle isn't over yet and even if you used to be a doubter you can leave here a believer even if you used to be a quitter you can be the key to revival And even if you're new, even if you're young, even if you don't know what this is all about yet, you can be the key to harvest. You can be the key to breakthrough. You can be the key to revival and that building being built and that building being full. Because you, my friends, are the real miracle. You, my friends, are the real miracle behind this message. God can use you to grow this thing. God can use you to take this thing to a new level. God, I don't care where you're at. I don't care where you're from. I don't care how much you know about the Bible. When you walk through those doors, you came in contact with the message that leads to a miracle. You see, it's the message that leads to a miracle. It was preached, but then 3,000 people were filled with the Holy Ghost and added to the church. The message alone didn't do it. There was an experience that followed. I can come in here and preach this. Your pastor and the staff can preach this but when you experience it that's when it starts becoming real I came to preach to somebody today that it's good to preach and it's good to talk about and it's good to sing about but it goes from good to great when it becomes real when it's experienced It's the message that leads to a miracle. You might be saying today, well, I'm not where I need to be. That's all right. This message will get you where you need to be. Well, I don't know enough. Well, I don't feel enough. Well, I'm not talented. Get a hold of this message. Let this message get a hold of you. And it'll lead you to a a place that you never dreamt possible. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. It all starts with an experience with God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I'm so thankful to be in a diverse church when it comes to age and and spirituality. I feel that that's the sign of a growing church, first of all. That's the sign of a healthy church. Amen. And I know that there are elders in this place today. I've talked to my, or excuse me, I almost said my cousin. Your pastor. I've talked to him about this church. I know how solid this church is. You want to know what one of the coolest things I've watched lately is? The video of when that was launched. 
I bet I've watched that six or seven times and seen the history of this church. The people, the people that it took to get us where we are today. I've seen that. There's a solid foundation of elders in this church. There's a solid foundation of every age demographic. I'm thankful for that today. It's good to see that today. But one thing that I have heard from every age, from every person who is hungry for a move of God, I hear it all the time. I'm hungry for the old path. Yes. Are you hungry for that? Yes. Yes. I got good news for you. It's not old. Glory. I'm not hungry for an old path. I'm not hungry for a new path. I just want the path. And it's this message today. I'm here to tell you right now that this message can't be stretched. This message can't be turned. This message can't be flipped. It is the truth of God's word. You want to know why I don't really want the old path? And I have respect for that sentiment. You want to know why I don't want it? I don't want it because Acts 2.38 is not old. Acts 2.38 is not outdated. Acts 2.38 hasn't lost its powerful. It's powerful today just like it was in the book of Acts and it's still the path to eternal salvation it's still the path to life and life more abundant we just need the Jesus said straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leadeth to life you want to know what the way is it's this message it's this apostolic Pentecostal truth that is the narrow way did I burst your bubble when I said we don't need the old path? Happens every time. I get somebody to shout about that. But you understand what I mean today. There is no other way. There is no other truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. There is no other truth. Bible is Bible. And you see what I like the most about this? Is that it's not our message. It's our miracle. But it's his message. And when we experience his message, we experience him. And when we experience him, that's when the door to the miraculous opens. That's when prayers start getting answered. That is when breakthroughs start taking place. When we experience him. God has absolutely given us an opportunity to have this experience and to share this experience. Can you imagine the bond? That those 120 people must have shared after that moment. Yes. You see the promise was given in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But it didn't take place in Acts chapter 1 verse 9. And I know that we go from one chapter to the next and the experience takes place. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. But you see it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen quickly. Those people were in that same room from what I have studied. Jesus was with the disciples. This is simple math, so I'm getting dangerous here. Math is not my game. Jesus was with the disciples for 40 days after his resurrection. This took place on the Passover, which was 50 days after the resurrection. So those people were in that room together for 10 days. Follow up on that. I'm just doing it in my head. Like I said, this is dangerous. And that might not seem like a whole lot. But what if I told you we couldn't leave this room for 10 days? Y'all be ready to fight me. 
Y'all be ready to fight each other. If it was our home church, we can't do 10 minutes sometimes. We have families in our church. My brother's in my church. God help me in Jesus' name. I'm joking. I promise. But you see, it didn't just automatically take place. Sometimes we have to linger a little bit. Sometimes we have to search a little bit. Sometimes we receive the promise. Anybody ever received a promise from God? Sure. Absolutely. Anybody ever become frustrated when that promise didn't come to pass the next day? You see, sometimes the experience is through a waiting period or a trial where we're not comfortable, where things don't look good. Where we're not where we need to be. But you want to know why this experience took place? It's because they obeyed the instruction of the Lord and they waited for the promise. That's the key right there. That's the key to this message. The message and the experience. Please hear me today. This experience relies on one thing. Obedience to the instruction of the Lord. Now, this is not meant as an indictment here, trust me. But we don't shout when we hear that. I didn't either. Um, trust me, that's not an indictment. We're, it's not in our DNA to shout when we hear, do what you're told. Matter of fact, we live in a society that doesn't want to do what it's told. I work with first graders. Anybody work in a school? Can't nobody tell me nothing. You heard that? It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Now, I don't mean to get carnal behind a pulpit, okay? That's the only words of that song I know. I don't know who sings it. I don't know anything like that. Don't look down on me. But there is a song that is popular with the youth of today. And the only words I know of it is, can nobody tell me nothing. That's not biblical. That's not the way of God. The Bible says all scripture is given... Instructions in there, folks. We need instruction from the word of Lord. Sometimes we need to be told what to do. Sometimes we need to submit to a pastor and say, you know what? I need God to move in my life. And even if it doesn't come as fast as I want it to, even if it doesn't happen in the way I want it to, I'm going to linger. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep obeying God. You can tell me whatever you want to tell me. I just want to experience this message. Pastor, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me. I'm hungry for instruction because I'm hungry for a miracle yeah hallelujah you see a lot of times what keeps people from a miracle is instructions over here the miracles over here and you're standing in the middle and you're the key because it's up to us to obey yeah hello it's the instruction of the word of god all scripture is given for reproof rebuke instruction arises i was waiting for you I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for a move of God. I'm hungry for a sovereign move of God. And I'm not going to let my ego get in the way. I'm not going to let my pride get in the way. I'm not going to let my past get in the way. Thank God those men and women in the upper room didn't let their past get in the way. Because they all had one. And all of us do too. But I'm not going to let anything get in the way of me receiving not just the message, but the miracles. Can we raise our hands today and pray? 
Oh, hallelujah. God, you see every need in this place. You see every situation in this place. You see every family. You see every home life. You see every relationship, God. You see every single soul represented in this place. The ones who are here and the ones who are not here. God, we know that this message is the key to miracles, signs, and wonders. We know that obedience to this message is exactly what it takes. God, I pray that something will take place inside of the soul's of every person here today. Hallelujah. I'd like for the music to come at this time. You see, God, I'll say this again, God has given us an opportunity to have an experience in the altar today. You can have this experience anywhere, but what better place, what better time than right here, right now, today. This is the opportunity that each of us have come in contact with. I have preached about this experience for the last 30 minutes or so, but one thing I try to hammer home with every person that I disciple is that the experience is not the end of anything but rather it is the beginning of everything. It's the message that leads to the miracle. I try to hammer this home because I have seen so many people and I know it's just the world we live in. I know things have changed. I get that. But God is still powerful. Amen? God is still omnipotent. He's all powerful. He, He can move in ways that nobody even dreams of Him moving. But I have seen so many people come through our church. If we had everybody, we have a healthy church, we have a good church. But if we had everybody in our pew Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night that had come through there just in the last five years alone, we would be in another building program. And a lot of the people who have come through this church, our church, have received this experience. heart to say this but I haven't seen a lot of them in some time it seems like we we get a few here and there we get a few to stick and I'm thankful for them again we have a wonderful church but the Bible says that all of them in the upper room received this experience and then they moved on into ministries they moved on into servanthood they moved This experience is not the end of anything. Sometimes when we experience this, we think, well, man, everything's going to change and this problem's going to go away and that problem's going to go away. That's not the case. Life is life. These experiences that we've talked about, the experience with God is very real, but you know what? Life is very real too. Those experiences that we talked about in the very beginning of it, they're just as real as this is. God designed us to have life, to have experiences, both good and bad. So why is it that we see people come and and they have this experience, a mighty move of God, a mighty move of the Holy Ghost, and then six months later, we're having to call and check on them because they haven't been there in three weeks. Why is that? It's because they stop at the experience and they never move forward in the Word of God. Just a little tidbit of information. As you grow in the Word, no matter where you're at, in your relationship with God, your walk with God, young people, please listen to me. When something catches your attention in Scripture, always continue to read further into it. Just keep reading. 
because there's more to it than just that one thing that jumps out to you. There's more to this than an experience in an altar. There's no denying its power. There's no denying its effectiveness. But there's more to this thing. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. You see, we can read Acts 2 verses 1 through 4. Powerful. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Powerful. 39. Powerful. But then we come to Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. After. Somebody say after. After the experience. And the Bible says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They continued. They didn't stop at the experience. And let's not act like they didn't receive persecution. This is just a, this is another message in itself. They were thrown into prison. They were beaten. They were thrown out of towns and cities. They were persecuted. They were made fun of. We don't go through anything compared to what they did, especially in our country. But they still continued in the apostles' doctrine. And look what this leads to. Keep reading. Acts chapter 2 and verse 43 says that fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. They didn't just receive an experience. They continued in the lifestyle. And that led to the miraculous. Not just done by the hands of God. But according to scripture, done by them. When's the last time we saw the gifts of the Spirit on a regular basis? Laying hands on people, seeing them healed. Laying hands on, come on somebody. When's the last time we saw miracles, signs and wonders, people walking out of wheelchairs, people receiving sight? Happens all the time overseas. Why isn't it happening here? It's not happening here because we struggle to continue after the experience. It's the message that leads to it. It's not the message that gives everything we need. You see what I'm saying? It's the message that leads to a miracle. I'm preaching about doctrine today. This is the day of Pentecost. We're celebrating this Pentecostal experience. And when they experience the doctrine, as we all stand today, when they experience the doctrine and lived according to the teachings of the apostles, miracles, signs, and wonders followed. In Acts chapter 3, the lame man was healed. In Acts chapter 9, there's a healing of palsy. In Acts chapter 9 again, there's a lady raised from the dead. Miracle signs and wonders followed obedience to the instruction of the man of God. It started with an experience, but that led to all of this. We can receive the experience today, and I fully expect to see that happen. But if we want miracle signs and wonders to be a part of our everyday activity in the church which it should be, it is in the book of Acts, then we're going to have to continue steadfast. Are you committed to this truth today? I know we're celebrating this on Pentecost Sunday, but this isn't just a one day a year thing. This isn't just a one day a week thing. Are you committed to this? Are you committed to this church? Are you committed to this message? Are you committed to the obedience that must come thereafter? Are you committed to it? Because I'll tell you this, it's commitment to this that will lead to the miraculous. It's commitment to this that will lead to you having your prayers answered. It's commitment to this steadfast commitment that will lead you not only to an experience, but to a miracle. As they begin to play, Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. 
you can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.